What is up, everybody? It is Sunday, January 8th, 2023. CES is in full swing, or at least it was. Um, California is getting absolutely insane amounts of rain. People are swimming and surfing out in the streets. And you are listening to the Fluffy Banana Podcast. There should be a great show coming up for you. In the notes for today, MagSafe goes open source. Yeah, sort of. Lenovo announces a Think Phone. You will not want to miss the name they give it. Um, Qualcomm gets into satellite messaging. That should say everything. And Razer announces a new Switch ahead of the Nintendo. Right. Anyways, let's preface all of this with the following podcast and the opinions expressed in said podcast are the opinions of one idiot that frankly thinks you might want to listen to said opinion. At no point should you take any of this uh, info as fact or to heart. Anyways, let's get going. So, the Wireless Power Consortium, the guys behind the wireless charging Qi standard, have announced Qi 2. Now, there's nothing super interesting about it. There's no wattage requirements as far as I could tell. No coil requirements. This whole thing just centers around one and only one thing, and that is MagSafe. Now, before we get started, um with this topic too much apple is a huge huge part of the wireless power consortium um so it's kind of obvious where this is coming from this might be good this might not be depend on how you look at it anyways apple's magsafe is now gonna be a Chi2 standard, or that is the basis for Chi2. What that means is, I'm assuming we're gonna have phones with the little magnetic ring inside the back of the phone so you can align the phone and charger together. They claim that this can uh, provide for far, far nicer and far more efficient use of wireless charging which yeah that's kind of true aligning the two coils makes it far far more efficient that's good that's really good this is super super exciting because for a very long time i've been looking at all of my friends that have an iphone to have a uh, to have a wireless charger or better yet they a wireless mount in their car that they can just pop the phone straight onto it and perfect the thing starts to wirelessly charge you're off and whenever you get to your destination you just yank the phone off bada bing bada boom we're done super easy super awesome um, I'm not super interested in the wallet accessories but I'm sure this is going to open up all those accessories. All of those battery banks that people have bought for the iPhone. I'm guessing that should work with, the, let's say, your Galaxy S24, I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's not going to be an immediate thing. It's not going to be in the S23. And I don't know if it's going to be in the S24, if the S24 even exists. The way Samsung's been going, it 
doesn't seem like they're making money off of phones. It doesn't seem like people are buying too many phones, which kind of – we may see a slowdown here. But this is going to be cool. This is going to be really, really cool. Um, I'm really excited about that. And for a long time, I've, I've gone so far as – Going on Amazon and buying those stupid little metal rings that you glue onto the back of your phone. So now you can use uh, a, um, a MagSafe charger with your phone. Mostly for car, right? Now, I really, really hope that there is some sort of provision in there for... Making sure that companies can't kill off uh, the wireless charging capability based on what charger they're on. I know the Pixel 3 was really famous for doing this, where the official Google Doc would do 10 watt char wireless charging. If you put your Pixel 3 on any other device... Any other cheap plate, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20 watt, whatever it is, it'll only charge at 5 watts. That's extremely annoying. And, well, the problem comes from the fact that it's a software limitation as far as I can tell. Google never made... At least from what I'm aware of, they never made a car car mount for your phone, you know, with Qi charging that would do the full 10 watts. So I have a Pixel 3, and I have a wireless charger in the car. I also have a Note 9. The Note 9 will do navigation it will stream music all at the same time and it'll actually get charged by the wireless charging pad that's in the car it's not very quick at getting charged but it'll do it now the pixel 3 and this is where i got really pissed it will also do navigation. It'll tell you, uh, it'll play stream music or podcasts. And it will also charge using the wireless charging pad. The problem is it charges at five watts. So as you're driving along, if you're on an extended trip where you're kind of mindlessly driving, Come on, we all do it, right? You get on a long trip, you get on the freeway, you or you, highway, and you're focused on the road, but you kind of don't pay attention to anything else, namely the map on your phone, or better yet, the little battery display on your phone. So what happens is you'll get going. Your phone will be at 50%. It says it's charging, it does a little animation, you're super happy, you're getting on with life. Except for at some point, your music stops. And when your music stops, you look down at the phone that was supposed to give you directions. And it's dead. Because the wireless charge in your phone was taking in the wireless power. It chewed through all of it. And now it slowly killed itself. That's happened to me far more than I want to admit. I drive a lot for work, so. Anyways, hopefully there's a provision to kind of prevent companies from locking kind of devices with stuff like this. That's, that's annoying, right? 
look, it's wireless charging, it's Qi, can we just let it be Qi? At this point, it's Qi too, it's magnetic, it's awesome. Um, the other thing that I'm kind of not super enthused about is WC, WPC marketing this thing as being more accessible and sustainable, meaning I'm, I'm guessing the accessible part is uh, you'll be able to say get a VR headset and then get like a magnetic charging or a Qi2 charger where it's just a coil with the little magnets. You just pop that onto the side of the device, it charges it. That's super cool. Really odd shaped devices, odd shaped stuff. It's kind of a pain to plug in and dock and yeah, that's that's really, really cool. I'm, I'm all for this, but their website also claims that this is better for the environment because you're not wearing the charging port out. Yes, 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 yes. You are not wearing the charging port out, but this isn't better for the environment. This sucks for the environment. Look, I think last I looked into it, wireless charging is about 60 to 70% efficient, meaning that is about 70% of what comes out of your charger actually makes it into your device. The other 30 is wasted as heat. So if we really want to be environmentally friendly, we want to conserve energy, right? Wireless charging isn't doing that. Plugging copper into copper does that, right? Pl Plugging a wire where it's a direct connection, there's no coil vibration thing, there's no heat uh, being spurted off from the coils. That's that's what's good for the environment. Um, what I'm worried about and what I'm thinking this is pointing to is that Apple is kind of starting the marketing machine for Qi2 or wireless charging is environmentally friendly. We don't have to have a charging port. So EU, you can you guys can kind of screw yourselves with this USB-C mandate. We're not doing it. We're just gonna do wireless search, MagSafe, whatever, Qi2. Qi2 is a standard now. So, hey, you can't say that we're locking, our, uh, locking ourselves into our own ecosystem. Because this is for everybody. This is a standard now. So we, we'll see how this works out. I, I would hope it doesn't work that way out. But good guy Apple doesn't exist. And with how, how much involvement Apple has in the WPC... I'm kind of assuming that this is sort of their marketing ploy to get rid of ports. Hell, we'll see. Let's move on. Um, Lenovo. Actually, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> so. They're making a new phone. They're making it. They're making a think phone. You know. Kind of like a ThinkPad. Awesome. This is going to be so, so cool, right? I love ThinkPads. I'm recording this podcast on a ThinkPad. Uh, I think it's an A485. One of the Ryzen-based ones. It's a little older, but hey, it works absolutely perfect. Anyways, Lenovo. ThinkPhone. That's not the name. The full name is Lenovo ThinkPhone by Motorola. <laughs> oh god. They could have just stopped at ThinkPhone. I mean they they could have they could have legit just stopped at ThinkPhone. 
They don't have to put Lenovo. They don't have to put Motorola. They just have to. Hey, ThinkPhone. You got your ThinkPad. You got your ThinkPhone. You th you got your ThinkPad. Uh, uh, uh. Oh wait, ThinkPad and ThinkPad doesn't work. Uh, whatever. The I really, really hope this works out. Because the phone itself is actually kind of cool looking. Um, so, you know, it's 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 kind of a, just a candy bar. Almost a glass sandwich. If, if you've seen Motorola's latest Edge 30 Fusion, it looks very similar to that. Except... It's got some really cool stuff. For example, a flat display. None of the curved edges, none of that. Hey, we're professionals, right? We don't want curved edges. Curved edges don't don't really work for us. Um, 6.6 inch POLED display is gonna be fantastic. No word on calibration of said device or said screen. I would kind of hope that since it's kind of aimed at the professional side of things, they'd have some sort of calibration, some sort of validation for the displays to make sure that they're nice or true to life. I know I've used a lot of phones where they don't have the correct color palette. It'll be oversaturated, undersaturated. Sometimes phones are a little bit weird. Um, aluminum frame, Kevlar non-glossy back. Gotta love that. That is so awesome. That is so, so cool. Um, look, we're professionals. We don't need a glass back. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um... You also get a programmable hotkey, which is red. That's kind of cool. I, I, I like having that one key that you can program, whether it's for a push to talk thing or pull up your emails or pull up whatever you want, right? Um, my Note 9, it has a Bixby key. I hate Bixby, right? Why can't we change the key behavior? You give me the key, but then you lock me out. This is programmable. This is going to be awesome, I hope. Uh, as far as specs go, Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, 12 gigs of RAM, LPDDR5, uh, up to 512 uh, UFS 3.1 storage, 5000 milliamp battery. I think it's... I think it's supposed to come in 256 and 512. Genuinely, I would probably expect them to sell a ton of 256. If Lenovo was smart, I don't know all about the pricing on UFS on the storage chips, but if Lenovo was kind of smart here, they'd offer a 128 version. Reason being is enterprise and kind of the place where this phone's aimed at. If you go and look at like older ThinkPads and stuff that's been getting retired, most places don't opt for a ton of storage in their stuff, right? A lot of stuff is now done through the cloud or through a VPN back to the home uh, server, uh, company server. So I think it would be really smart of them to add a 128 gig uh, SKU. And I bet you that's the one that would sell it the most. Lower the price on it, right? Just lower the price. That way people can buy these things en masse. I don't know about the pricing. They haven't announced pricing on this thing. But from what I've seen, this thing's really cool looking. It looks like a phone that's grown up, right? Which, hey, 
nothing wrong with growing up, and I would love to carry around a phone that I can carry around without worrying about dropping it. Oh, right. The front, uh, the front screen's gorilla, uh, flat gorilla glass Victus. So, I think you should be able to drop it and not really worry about it breaking. Um. Being being a think phone and what it what that carries, I would kind of hope that they'd make the screen screen and battery replacement as easy as possible. Like silly easy, right? Two or three or four screws or whatever, and just screen drops out. That would be super amazing. I don't think that's how this is going to be. I think this is going to be a glued together sandwich. We'll have to look at the iFixit and see what they'll, what they'll say about it and how to get into this thing, right? Um, they're promising four years of security, three major OS updates. I'm not sure if that means three major OS updates starting with Android 13 that is on the phone currently, or if that means uh, we're going to go... Android 13, then 14, 15, and 16, or is it just 13, 14, and 15? I'm not sure how that's going to work out. They, ha they haven't really clarified it as far as when I was looking this thing up. Hopefully it works out pretty cool. I'm, I'm legit excited by this. I mean, dual cameras on the back, the... Something like a crazy 50 megapixel bin front camera. Um, I'm not enthused by the name. Just call it ThinkPhone. Right? We all know what a ThinkPad, or most of us know what a ThinkPad is. Um, most of us know what an iPhone is. We all know what a MacBook is. Like... We don't need like we don't need we don't need your company branding attached to it, let alone two companies worth of branding: Lenovo, ThinkPhone, by Motorola. Just call it ThinkPhone. That's it. That's, the, the the name's really the only thing that I'm kind of annoyed by. Um, as far as software goes on this thing. It should be basically a Motorola phone. It should have ready for, uh, it, there is some optimization for enterprise use. I, I mean, I'm a consumer. I didn't care to look into all of that much. I'm just excited that a Think phone is a thing now. It's 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 not a Sony phone, so it doesn't have a three and a half jack or micro SD. Um, I guess it should have dual SIM. Cool. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm re I'm really into it. I'm really kind of excited by it. Hopefully, hope hopefully it lives up to some of the hype I'm getting off of this thing. I don't know. Anyways, speaking of Qualcomm, it was only a matter of time before Qualcomm got into the satellite messaging tech, and they're getting into it. They've partnered with, who was it? Um, oh, Iridium. They're partnered with Iridium. And Iridium's a company that's got, I guess, 66 low-orbit satellites. Um, this is going to be really cool. It's supposed to be better than Apple's uh, own implementation of what they've been doing with satellite messaging. And, like, the Apple stuff, we've already seen s quite a few stories where hey, look, my iPhone helped me get out of a bind. My iPhone saved my life. Uh, my, my phone just uh, I'm stuck out here. 
I can send an SOS and someone will send help. That is super cool. Qualcomm is, seems to want to outdo Apple a bit here. They're saying this can allow for, by the way, they're calling it Snapdragon Satellite. It should allow for two-way messaging, unlike Apple. Apple lets you send messages out. I don't think they let you receive. This will let you send messages and receive messages back, which should make it into a messaging platform instead of just kind of SOS messages, right? So if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you want to contact your family and tell them, hey, I'm all right, everything's good, I'm having a good time, you should be able to sh shoot a text over to them, uh, they get the text, uh, they'll text you back, hey, I'm glad you loved the, you're loving it, whatever. There's no word on whether or not this can uh, be like, an active system or a pull system. So uh, what I mean is uh, there's no word if it's gonna be a push or a pull system, right? I'm assuming it's gonna be a pull um, in, order to, in, in order to be kind of a pull system. Pull, right? No, no, push. In order for it to be a pull system, that means your phone would have to be constantly connected to the overhead satellite satellites and constantly pull the satellite for new messages i'm assuming what this is going to be is you'll have to actively go in uh, check messages if that makes sense you'll have to pull the refresh basically to see if you have new new messages which that's kind of old school but hey, you're messaging through a satellite from your cell phone. Like your cell phone, the glass, glass aluminum sandwich that's in your pocket. That is so amazing. Um, Qualcomm says this, uh, this system is going to require a Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 processor with the x70 modem and the device will have to be designed specifically to utilize the system meaning that i'm guessing the antennas inside the phone's gonna have to be either a special kind or optimized in a certain way i'm not sure how that all works out I didn't even know that you can separate the X70 modem from the Snapdragon 8. Kind of thought that was more or less a package deal since it's a system a system on a chip thing. But hey, you learn something new, right? This is going to be super, super cool. Now... On to the negative, and this is the thing that worries me. Qualcomm says... <sighs> It'll be a subscription. That's fine. I really hope... I'm, I'm really hoping that the subscription price doesn't get rolled into the price of your next phone. Let me explain this. If you are somebody that lives in a large city, San Francisco, LA, places where you never run out of cell range, why would you want to spend the money on a two-year subscription to a satellite messaging service that you will not use, right? Those, there's a lot of us living in cities where we simply would not have a purpose for this, but we'd be made to pay for it. If the manufacturers decide that, hey, we need to bundle the subscription with every device, 
I'm sure that's what it's going to be. Because everybody's going to want to compete with Apple. Everybody's going to want to say, hey, look, we have this technology and da 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 Just like Apple. Apple bundles that stuff in with all new iPhones. And if you think Apple discounts iPhones or gives you this a two-year subscription for free, and it is a two-year subscription. So, like, if you think that that is something that Apple gives to you for free, no, come on. Come on. They offset it with in the price and of the phone. So, like, eh, eh. Kind of, kind of rough, right? Um, I don't know. I, I, I really want to love the tech. The look, uh, the tech is really, really cool. But I don't want yet another subscription, right? I already pay for Spotify. I already pay for YouTube Premium. Um, I already play. Uh, I already pay, pay for a whole bunch more stuff. This is this is getting silly, right? This this is silly, and whether I whether I pay for the subscription knowingly or unknowingly, I just don't want to pay for a subscription to get another service. I'm not I'm not saying the service has to be free. Not saying that it has to be free. I'm just saying, if you add this tech into a phone, let me buy the phone. Without the two-year subscription. Tell you what. Tell you what. Just like chargers make this into an optional thing. Right? There we go. Just make it optional. I mean, I still maintain that manufacturers should just allow you to order a phone. And if you want to be environmentally conscious... If you're going to carry your charger over, just, just kind of don't send one to me, but put a no charge option with the, at least in terms of charges, um, put a no charge option for, Hey, yes, please send me a charger. That's, that sort of makes sense to me. Probably not the best solution for the charger thing, but I really wish that the service is useful to everybody that will use it, but it's not something that it, everybody as a whole has to pay for it. Listen. Razer has announced the new Switch! That is right. Well, okay. What they've announced is... Uh, let's see. What's the name for this? The Razer Edge and Razer Edge 5G. Now, we'll get to the 5G thing. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a level of idiocy that is great. Here's the deal. What these things are, are devices. Let's call it a smartphone sized device. These things look just like a smartphone, right? Just like a smartphone. The base device itself. It looks like a phone that Razer designed. And at some point, the last minute, somebody came out and said, Hey, we're not doing phones anymore. Remem remember the, um, the Razer phone? Yeah, we're not doing that again. This is stupid. It didn't work out for us. You need to repurpose this. So, engineers thought about it. Figured, alright, we'll repurpose it. They package this thing and a razor kishi v2 in the box and send it over to you this just 
stupid. So stupid. I mean, yes, the thing's got a 144 hertz refresh rate screen. It, it looks like a phone. It looks like a phone. They're sending you a phone controller with it for $400. Now, their marketing is, this is a cloud gaming device. Okay. Okay. You know, Logitech has a cloud gaming device. You know what that device doesn't do? You're right. It doesn't ship with a clip-on controller. It's not even a good clip-on. It's not like a Switch where you have the Joy-Cons. This is just a clip-on. The controller itself has very little smarts to it. Look, I have a Kishi somewhere. I use it with my Android phone. I use it with my Pixel 6. I love using it with my Pixel 6. I use it with Steam uh, Steam streaming. Whatever, whatever their deal is. To stream from my home computer. It works great. I love the controller of it. Uh, the controller part of it. The problem I have with this device is... We already own phones. Like, we already own a phone. A Kishi V2 is about 100 bucks, Right? If you want the first gen Kishi... They're $49,999. At Best Buy. Why, 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 why does this exist? We have phones. We have phones. This is stupid. Instead of buying a Switch, instead of spending 400 bucks on a Steam Deck, what you're gonna do is go and buy this. This is idiotic. This is absolutely idiotic. What you should do is buy the Kishi, if you really want one, plug your phone into it, and do all your cloud gaming. This has no reason to exist. But wait, it gets better. So, that's the Razer Edge, right? got the same size screen as an Android phone. Um, the only real thing that I can tell it has going for it is quote-unquote active cooling. I'm guessing little tiny fan, but haven't we seen this before on either a Black Shark device or a, what was it, Red Magic? Somebody, one, one of these gaming phones, had an active cooling fan inside of it. Like, wh why? Why? Th this, and I know this is a collaboration with Qualcomm and I forget who else. But. Then we get to the worst part of this. The 5G. The Edge 5G is a Razer Edge with 5G that is exclusive to Verizon. Remember 2005 when you could only get a phone from a certain carrier? Oh, let's say the original Razer, right? The original Razer, when it first came out, was exclusive to Singular. It was so exclusive to Singular. Remember Singular? I'm too old. Um, remember Singular? It was so exclusive to Singular that Sprint went over to Samsung and told Samsung, Hey! We need a skinny flip phone 
and Samsung obliged. The Samsung Blade existed, right? And the Samsung Blade was exclusive to Sprint. Why is this a thing? Why is this a thing? We live in an age of eSIM. I'm sure you could add a modem that would support most frequencies. This is exclusive to Verizon. So now not only do you get to pay for your phone's um, data plan, but now you get to pay Verizon again for a data plan to a connected device that's going to be used for cloud gaming. Why not just do the cloud gaming on the phone, save yourself the money, save yourself the 300 bucks, and buy just the controller. And you know what? In say a year, maybe two years, you upgrade your phone, that controller will still work with your phone, whatever phone you end up getting. And you get a completely new experience because, hey, now everything's upgraded, right? Things are going to be a little bit quicker, uh, maybe a better screen, whatever, 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 whatever. If you have a decent phone, I don't see a reason for this thing to exist. At all. Like, it, it's just stupid. Maybe somebody can tell me why. Why is this thing? Hey, maybe. Email me. FluffyBananaTech at gmail.com I think, Actually, I think it's FluffyBanana.Tech at gmail.com Justify why this thing exists. Razor, justify the existence of this thing. Please, somebody, I, I don't think this is like what it seems like is they got through developing a phone and then last minute they got told they can't do a phone. And you know what? I have a Razer phone too. It's lying around somewhere. I think it got a total of like two Android updates. Two OS updates. I don't particularly like that device. I think it's I think it was stupid. I think I think Razer is gonna just abandon this thing very quickly. And you're going to be stuck kind of holding on to an outdated Android tablet. It doesn't do anything special. Hell. Maybe somebody sees this as, a, as somehow a better idea. If you want this, if you want one of these, go by the Logitech. Cloud gaming handheld or whatever it's called. G Cloud, I think. Or better yet, go buy a Steam Deck. Steam isn't... It, they're not doing reservations anymore. You can just outright buy a Steam Deck. Buy a base Steam Deck. Play your games on the device. You don't have to pay for data. You don't have to stream anything. You don't have to be at the mercy of an internet internet connection and whether or not the downloads going to be good the uploads got uh, you know the, this is something that can be done so so much better with so much more stuff uh, so many different things on the market somebody please justify this i really hope that there's a better way to look at this thing Anyway, and a little bit of just reading headlines. S23 press renders leak in four colors, white, black, pink, and green. 
I don't know why Samsung tries with colors anymore. You know? Most everybody ends up buying the black one. Everybody I know that has a Galaxy phone has the black version. When I was buying a Fold 3, I was buying a used one. I went out of my way to try and find a green one. It was harder than you could imagine. I could find black ones all over the place. It's it's just people don't want colors. People aren't like people want to say they're adventurous and fun. Buy a buy a weird color. Buy the weird color, please. If it's offered in pink or puke green, buy the puke green one. You're going to put a case on it anyway. Nobody's really going to see it. Don't care about the resale. Because I guarantee you, when time comes to resell it, nobody cares. Um, spatial audio is coming to the Pixel 6 and up in the latest Pixel feature drop. This is super cool. I'm not sure if I care about spatial audio, but I know there's a lot of people that really love it and they're really amazed by the technology. This can be awesome. Naturally, this is supposed to work better with obviously Google's own headphones, but supposedly it should work with any pair of Bluetooth headphones you have or at least certain pairs it shouldn't just be locked down to hey you gotta use the pixel buds and that's it right that's kind of, that's kind of nice i like not having this authoritarian stance on things uh right i touched on this one before samsung is looking at the lowest profits in years they're saying uh, phone demand is down. Yeah, that's kind of true. I'm a phone whore for the most part. I, like that—that's my vice, right? I—I I like phones. I like going through phones. I like changing things up. I'll carry one phone one day. I'll carry a different phone the next day. Um, most people aren't like that. They buy a phone and they'll hang on to it for four years, maybe five years. I also feel like I'm really disconnected from the rest of country. I'm in California where like everything's expensive. So just find a phone purchase is a lot easier because it's relatively the same or the price, the price for a phone is all of a sudden similar to say a lot of other stuff that you'd be looking at, right? Expensive stuff, like, for the most part, like, flagship phones are a luxury. Foldables are a luxury. They're not really something that you need, but it's really easy to justify that $1,000 phone when everything is so expensive around you, right? Like, if, if rent is... I'm not trying to give away how much. Okay, let's talk about Bay Area. If rent is about four grand or so a month, then all of a sudden your phone purchase, it doesn't seem like that big a deal. Right? It's weird. It's silly. I know. But. I, I can see people not wanting to go out and buy a new phone or want to upgrade from, let's say, their Galaxy S20 to the 22 or 23 or whatever is coming. Um, I have a Note 9, and honestly, I think the Note 9 is kind of still right up there in usability with the all new notes so 
or even the, the S22 Ultra. The the extra cameras don't really make it that big a difference for me. Like I, I'm I'm not interested in those. For the most part, I've kind of conditioned myself to disregard anything other than the main camera cuz Usually I end up using the main camera anyway. I don't end up using all the extra cameras. If you put a wide-angle lens in, they're fantastic. That's really cool. But, like, the super zoom and whatnot, I don't really see a need for it. Unless you're trying to be a creep. I, you know, there's just not a whole lot of new stuff in phones. Really, the new stuff is foldables and I think I'll talk about foldables next week we'll, we'll just save that subject anyways those are the things that kind of just, just popped out at me over the week and things that really rung with me um, thank you for uh, thank you for listening to the fluffy banana podcast I hope to have, I hope to have a whole lot more uh, news opinions uh, weekly. Um, there is a YouTube channel. I'm really not sure when I'm gonna start uploading heavily to it, but hopefully soon. Yeah. If uh, if. <laughs> If you if you have any questions, if you have uh, suggestions, there should be an email address in the description. Anyways, bye.